Father, we uh, welcome you here today. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. wait in your presence. You desire to speak, Lord. You just wait. always if anyone has a word a picture scripture or thought just come to the microphone how's the word carry you song that they had before us that said you are God alone will you not be God God's promises that he will never leave us nor forsake us if we're up on the mountaintop, down in the valley, in between, he is there. He will get you through to the other side. Just trust him. My children, why do you doubt? I am your God. I see the tears that fall. I know all about your struggles. I have not changed. I am still the same. Trust me. I see all. I will meet you. I am with you. I am with you. This is really good because uh, God is saying that to believe that God is with us, to believe that, that God is who he says he is, and therefore if he's who he says he is, he will do what he does and what we know he does. And I love that, why do you doubt? That can be a very incriminating statement. Why do we doubt? Oh, we doubt. Oh, Doubt is not a divorce certificate with God. God knows exactly why you doubt. 
and he's not pointing the finger at you in any kind of accusation about that. God is saying, I know why you doubt, and I'm with you anyway, and I'm going to work that doubt out. I'm going to work that doubt out. He's going to work it out and prove to you and show you that he is with you in spite of it, and he's going to give you the confidence that it will no longer be there. might take weeks. It might take years. It might take months. Who knows? But God knows why you doubt. One of the greatest punishments of the faith is coming to a point of realizing that you have doubt or disbelief of something like that, and then feeling that somehow that disqualifies you from God's grace, mercy, and love. Trust me, I've walked it for a year. And it is a very powerful and a very, I won't say powerful, it's a very forceful and a very uh, erosive way of thinking and living in our faith. But God is saying this morning, he's with us. And he's going to work through, past, and over the doubt. We've got some wonderful testimonies this morning about God, <laughs> about God providing and what God can do um, to make sure that we understand that he is with us. Um, this week, uh, Wednesday, I think it was Wednesday, I was sitting uh, in my car uh, waiting for Emma, and uh, I was playing songs on my phone, my downloaded songs. Everyone on their phone has their downloaded songs, right? And uh, I was playing them, and all of a sudden this song came on that I didn't recognize. I said, I, I know that song. I didn't download that song. And it was a song called Blessings by Laura Story. And as I listened to the song, it was speaking right to me. You know when you have a sermon that speaks right to you? Well, this was a song that was speaking right to me. And so I listened to it, and I'm like, this is amazing. Like This is answering so many questions right now. And I went into my phone, and I checked all my downloaded songs. I have like 310 downloaded songs, and I'm checking them all, and I don't see this song. Like, it was not on my phone. And w you know, when I went to download it, you can tell if a song is already on your phone because when you go to download it, it will say, it will tell you it's already on your phone. It wasn't on my phone. But the message in the song is so important, I wanted to play it this morning. And for those at home, a slide is going to come up and it's going to tell you where to go uh, on YouTube so you can listen to the song. And when you're finished, just come back and... Uh, We'll continue with the service, but here's here's the song. You can play it, Liz. We prayed for blessings. Prayed for peace, comfort for family, protection while we sleep. We prayed for healing, for prosperity. We prayed for your mighty hand to ease our suffering. 
That love is way too much to give us lesser things. Cause what if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? What if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? We pray for wisdom. What if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? And what if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? And what if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? song and uh, I mean I could try to connect dots that maybe don't exist but I think this is a pretty good dot to dot connection that God put that on my phone 
and so that I would hear a message that after a year of struggling the way I've struggled, talk about a thousand sleepless nights, um, it, uh, when I think of that, God is saying, no, Keith, it's okay. It's okay. That is part of my mercy. That is my mercy in action. And it is doing something in you that you can't see and you don't understand. We just fall apart so easily sometimes when the trials come and when the storms come. And we just think God has left us and that we've done something wrong. And God is saying through this song, no, that is not necessarily the case at all. That it is my mercy because it is doing something in you that this is the only way it can be done. If we have a theology where we're not supposed to suffer, songs like this just go right over our heads. Just we don't, we don't receive it. And we're missing one of the beautiful nuances of walking with, with a God who is in control of everything the good and the bad. And we sang about it just uh, two songs back there. So it's, it's just wonderful. And another little nuance about this, I came home and I had it on my computer and I clicked on the link to copy it and I sent it to Tony. And I said, Tony, you're not going to believe what happened with this thing, this song and everything. And so I sent it to him and I said, listen to this song. Well, Tony, come up and say what happened when I sent this song to you. So when I received the song, I played it, and it was a song I had heard before, and it answered a whole lot of things for me based on some things that have been happening for the last few weeks and months. But it wasn't the song. It but wasn't the song, yeah. Wednesday morning when we gather... He's talking about this song, and I said, oh, it was great. He's talking about one song, and I'm talking about another. <laughs> the day I picked on the song was the song that ministered to me. The next morning when we go back in and check my phone, there's the song he sent me. God knows exactly yeah. what he's doing. It's so Because he, he's we meet Wednesday morning, and he's saying, blessings. That's not the song I got. <laughs> and I said, well, what do you mean? And, and it was some other song that really spoke to him that he needed to hear at that moment. And I went home, and I checked the email. I click on the link, and it's blessings that I sent to him. But by the time it got to him, God had put another song in. <laughs> I said, yeah, blessing with different words. And it's just uh, amazing that God, in both situations, spoke to us through songs um, that day. So I, you know what? I think God's in control. I don't know what to tell you. Don't want to shock you or anything, but uh, so when God stands up this morning and says through prophetic word that he is with us and that we're not supposed to doubt, but don't freak out if you do. Give that to God. Are we going to, are we going to get all crazy because we have a broken leg? No, we're going to go to the doctor and we're going to get it fixed, hopefully. Um, so when we have uh, a spiritual brokenness, are we going to get all freaked out? No, we go to God, the doctor, and say, Dad, fix this. I've got doubt, I've got hate, I've got lust, I've got whatever it might be, right? And just say, Father, here I am. Oh, God speaking. Um, 
The word today is so exciting. I don't know if it's going to be exciting for you. It is for me. So I'm really going to enjoy this. But, uh, Father, we ask your Holy Spirit once again to take your word because you are the one who turns it into something that is alive to us. So I ask, Holy Spirit, that your ministry of truth would come now and cause this to become alive and be something that's going to change us when we leave this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Paul, Paul had gotten in a bunch of trouble in Jerusalem, and um, so eventually some things happened, and he finally is on his way to Rome because he has to, he appealed to Caesar, he wanted justice, <laughs> and he appealed to Caesar, and they said, okay, to Caesar you'll go. So they put him on the boat, and off he's going to see, uh, see Rome and see Caesar. But something happened along the way. Those who read your Bible know about the storm. We'll pick it up in Acts 27, 8, and 12. And he's on this boat heading to Rome with a bunch of other prisoners, and they get into a storm. It says, we struggled along the coast with great difficulty and finally arrived at Fair Havens near the town of Lycia. We had lost a lot of time. The weather was becoming dangerous for sea travel because it was so late in the fall, and Paul spoke to the ship's officers about it, and he said, men, I believe there is trouble ahead if we go on. Shipwreck, loss of cargo, and danger to our lives as well. This wasn't Paul's first rodeo. He had been in three shipwrecks. He knew. And in those days, travel in late fall to early spring wasn't done. It was dangerous. So Paul knew what he was talking about. But the officer in charge of the prisoners listened more to the ship's captain and the owner than to Paul. And since Fair Havens was an exposed harbor, a poor place to spend the winter, most of the crew wanted to go on to Phoenix, farther up the coast of Crete, and spent the winter there. And spend the winter there. Phoenix was a good harbor with only a southwest and northwest exposure. So Paul was giving them some pretty good advice. Was it a word from the Lord? We don't know. Sometimes you get, you know, thus saith the Lord sense about you, but sometimes it's just good advice from God. And either way, they didn't listen to him. The majority is rarely right uh, in life. That's why democracy is so dangerous. <laughs> wow. Uh, real democracy can be dangerous. But it's the best government we have, Winston Churchill said. He said, it's a terrible form of government, but it's the best one we got. Acts 27, 13 to 17. When a light wind began blowing from the south, the sailors thought they could make it. So they pulled up anchor and sailed close to the shore of Crete. But the weather changed abruptly and a wind of a typhoon strength called a nor'easter, we get nor'easters here, burst across the island and blew us out to sea. The sailors couldn't turn the ship into the wind, so they gave up and let it run before the gale. We sailed along the sheltered side of a small island named Kada, where with great difficulty we hoisted aboard the lifeboat being towed toward, towards us. I love that Luke put in that, with great difficulty, because he was on the boat with Paul. Right? Then the sailors bound ropes around the hull of the ship to strengthen it. They were afraid of being driven across the sandbars of Sirtis off the African coast. So they lowered the sea anchor to slow the ship and were driven before the wind. I think there's a picture here, Liz. This is what was happening. That nor'easter was coming down over the island, and it was actually blowing them towards Africa. Um, and there was nothing they can do. If uh, My daughter sails, and I've learned a little bit about sailing. And when you're being pushed by the wind like that, unless you have a motor, <laughs> you're going where the wind's telling you when it's a nor'easter. 
They were trying to make a bad idea work. And you ever, bad ideas, you've all been in it where you're trying to make a bad idea work. You've made a decision and it's just not going to work. And sometimes you have to let it go. Acts 27, 18 to 20. The next day, a gale force winds. As gale force winds continued to batter the ship, the crew began to throw the cargo overboard. The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone. I don't know if anyone has been on the ocean uh, when it's rough. I, I was going to Newfoundland once, and I thought it was the end of my life. <laughs> I really did. Um, and also to Prince Edward Island once. I'll never forget that. You'd, it, it would go over and you'd see the ocean through the windows for about 10, 15 seconds, and then you'd see the sky for about 10, 15 seconds, and, it, and you could hear the cars smashing down below. <laughs> We're dead. We're gone. It's a pretty terrifying thing. And they said until at last all hope was gone. All hope was gone. This is Luke writing this. He's talking about everybody. Sometimes there are consequences to our decisions, especially when we're being advised well and we choose otherwise. Sometimes we have to understand this, that there can be consequences to wrong decisions. Uh, and we say, well, you know, some people believe that there's no such thing as wrong decisions because God's in charge of everything and he makes everything happen and it's all sovereign. And, that, and you know, that's a very nice, comfortable belief that really calms us. Um, but it's not totally... It's not totally accurate. Our consequences can have, or our actions can have consequences. They really can. And uh, we know it's not God's will because Paul told them at the beginning, don't go. So obviously, their decision to go against what Paul said is going to have consequences. And uh, someday you may very well be living the consequences of a bad idea, a wrong move, deliberate sin, somebody else's decision that, that affects you. you. You may be living through some consequences, but this piece of scripture is really important to show us that uh, there's still a lot of hope to be had in bad consequences of things. Acts 27, 21 to 26. No one had eaten for a long time. I don't know if you've ever been so nervous that you haven't been able to eat. Oh, <laughs> I've gone days and days with it. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, men, you should have listened to me in the first place. <laughs> I wonder with what glee he said that. <laughs> you could just see them coming at him, right? You should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss. But, those wonderful buts, take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. So you can see the, uh, because the owner of the ship was on board. And you can see him going, what? We're all going to put the ship's going down? For last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. To the God whom I serve. Paul was living in a polytheistic world. And there were many gods. And he was just saying, I just want to let you know, the God I serve showed up last night and he's and uh, and whom I serve stood beside me I love that statement he stood beside me he wasn't hovering up in the sky he stood 
beside me in the circumstance that I was in. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God. That's what Paul said to them. I believe God. There's a decision we're all going to have to make. Who are we going to believe? Even if you don't have a sense of, of the belief in you, you're saying, I, I, I'm having a hard time believing this, Lord, but I'm going to believe it somehow. I'm going to say it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go with this. Even if I don't have this big, you know, rushing sense of the presence of God, I believe your word is true. It will be just as he said, but we will be shipwrecked on an island. Didn't know which island, but he said we're going to be shipwrecked. So I love this, the angel of the God whom I belong. That is a very personal statement. When you're talking about, it's a very, it's an ownership, like, like Paul belonged to God. He wasn't just an employee. He wasn't a spiritual servant. He belonged to, to God. The same way we say my daughter or my husband or wife or my son. It's a very affectionate thing. God calls us his children. That's no light thing. That's you're not just his follower. We're not just his, his advocates on earth. It is much more personal than that to God. That's why if we don't have a good understanding of that, we'll get really messed up if we think our service to God is not what it should be. Because we'll think that is the whole basis on which he has a relationship with us. And that's not it. He has a relationship with us because he loves us just as we are, not as we should be, because we will never be as we should be. That's why Jesus came. You look at 1 John 3 and 1. See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children. We got to get a hold of this. And that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. We really have to get a hold of the fact that regardless of what's happening in our life, we are still God's children. Nothing is going to change that. And circumstances will come, and who knows? You know, maybe Paul was wondering <coughs> before that angel came. Maybe Paul was wondering. He was obviously afraid because the angel said, don't be afraid, Paul. So he, he's in this shipwreck. And he's afraid. Everyone's afraid. What are they afraid of? They're afraid of the fact that God is not with them, is not going to protect them. This is the, this is the most powerful fear the enemy can send at us, that God is not with you and you're not protected. And it's terrifying when we feel it, when we believe it, and when we're walking. It's a horrible thing to walk in. I've walked in it for a long time. But once you start getting the revelation and this is spiritual warfare. If we think that the enemy is not going to use our emotions and our inbred human carnal fears against us, we're dreaming in technicolor. I mean, those, those situations are going to happen. What's amazing is how deep it can be in us. Uh, the, the, idea, the idea that we are loved is singularly the most difficult thing we will have to deal with in our walk with Jesus Christ. Forget going out and feeding the poor and having mercy for the, the, the poor and the lost and all that. We can do that. You can do that 
almost in a motor way. You can go and give money. You can go and volunteer. You can go do those things. But that internal sense that you are loved, that to me is the crux of it all. That is where our walk begins and ends in the knowledge that God loves us. And it is the single biggest thing that is crushing humanity is their idea that they are not loved and they will search high and low and do whatever they have to and whatever we have to to make ourselves feel loved. We'll get into wrong relationships. We'll buy stuff we can't afford. We'll do things we shouldn't be doing. We will make tons of mistakes because we are trying to find something that is telling us that we are loved. And in the church, we need to really, this is the, for me, it is the, uh, it's the center of everything, to believe that God loves me. Not somebody else and not everybody else, but me. And if we do not have a firm understanding of that, and don't be surprised if you don't, because most of us have come up in situations where we were never shown unconditional love. We never saw it. And we rarely have it ourselves. So it's a learned thing, and it's something that God is going to teach us, and it takes a lifetime. But we just have to get a hold of it and trust it because it's true and it's written, and keep walking, keep walking. Uh, Heather sent me um, a devotional from Oswald Chambers this week, and it said something very interesting. I'll paraphrase it. It said intellectual problems like how do we solve climate change? How do we solve this? How do we solve that? How do we make a better car and all that stuff? These intellectual things, how do we teach this? How do we show people this? Those intellectual things, you can really come to some kind of a, a solution on that if you sit and give it a good think. Just give it a good think. And uh, eventually you'll figure out how to get this figured out. Spiritual issues, things of our spiritual character, growth, knowing God, trusting God, things of the spirit, that has to be walked out. You got to walk that out. And as you walk it out, you will learn and you'll look back and you know it. All of a sudden you look back and you go, oh, that's what God was doing. Oh, that's what God was saying. And there's, there's something, I'm telling you, there's something powerful about putting one foot in front of the other and keeping on walking. Well, I don't feel like keeping on walking. That's okay. But I don't feel God's with me. That's okay. I, don't, I can't really get a hold of the truth. I can't believe it today. That's okay. Just keep on going forward, whatever that may mean. And eventually, based on God's word, you're going to come out of that fog. You may not have the whole picture, but you're darn well going to have some of it. And you will have an understanding that you never had. But most of the time, what do we do? We stop. God's not with me. And we stop. And we get panicked and everything falls apart. But God's patient. He's very patient. And also, it's very beautiful that Paul prayed for the people on that boat. And God said, okay, everyone here is going to live. Talk about, a, talk about an effectual prayer. That one worked. Over 200 people got saved. Paul said something that was very important, or the angel said something to Paul that was very important. He said, you must stand trial before Caesar. Right? There was a purpose for Paul being on that boat. There was a purpose. Keep the word purpose in your head. 
There was a purpose for Paul being on that boat. God said that he is going to testify before Caesar and nothing was going to stop that. And something was really trying to. Something was trying. We're not told what the origin of this storm is. And you may not know the origin of the storm that's coming in your life or is in your life or has come through your life. We may not know the origin of it and it's not always the devil. Life is bad enough all by itself to have real storms in it. But Nonetheless, something was trying to stop this from happening. And, but the beauty about this storm is that God's purpose was not stopped. And your life has a purpose. You've got to understand this. Your life has a purpose. Romans 8.28 And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. If you're sitting and just thinking that you have no spiritual purpose, that you're just a bump on the log of Christianity, <laughs> then you are missing one of the great truths of Scripture. Your life has a purpose. And you know what? The same God who rescued Paul from this storm and the people with him, and if you're praying for your family, don't think that that is just a vacant prayer. Because if Paul can pray for a whole shipload of unbelievers and atheists and whatever they were, and God can give them to Paul, I think he can give you his family, your family. I think he can do that. I think he's capable of doing that. It may not be in your lifetime. It might be afterwards. But nonetheless, if I'm to take away something from this about the power of prayer, Paul can pray for 200 lives and they get saved. I think we can pray for some and I think we should expect that they're going to be, their life is going to be saved too. Um, whether or not they all became Christians, I don't know. But there's a powerful point there about prayer. But this scripture in Romans is telling us that you have purpose and I have purpose. And God intervened to make sure that Paul's purpose was completed. And he's going to intervene in your storm also. And to make sure, to make sure that your purpose is fulfilled. I was, a couple of weeks ago, I was driving and without going into the stuff that I deal with, but I had this very strong, and it had been with me all day, this strong flush of anxiety. I mean the kind of anxiety that you, <gasps> okay, we'll get through this, Lord. And I was at a, I was driving in the car and, stopped and I heard very clearly everything went calm for about four or five seconds and he said your life has purpose and I went and it was I knew it was God he said your life has purpose I didn't know I was going to go into this message um, but believing that your life has purpose is believing that God is going to fulfill it and it may be just for you to sit and witness to your next door neighbor that you've known for 40 years, that may be your purpose. Or it may be to give 20 bucks in the offering for 40 years so that God's kingdom can go on or whatever it might be. But you have purpose. Jonah is another example. Jonah had a... <laughs> just said to God, no, I'm not doing it. 
I'm not doing it. You're going to get somebody else. I don't want to go talk to Ninevites. And uh, he, he just hated them, and he was racist against them, and he said, I'm not doing it, and that's just the way it is. And he jumps on a boat too. And we know what happened to Jonah. Jonah had a little bit of a problem on a boat, so instead of throwing the gear over, they threw him over. And he, he saw that he had made a mistake, and he knew he was bringing disaster on that boat. And he said, just throw me over. And, uh, and that changed his rebellion to surrender. And he got inside that fish. And if you don't think a person can sit inside of a fish, the, the whale that just came down home where I live, down by Crystal Crescent, that 85-foot blue whale that came ashore. Yeah, you could fit in there. I saw a picture the other day of, a, of children about you know, 10, 12 years old. Inside, it was a, a the heart of a blue whale. And the main veins coming out of the heart, the kids were laying in it, and there's still about that much room above their heads. Like huge, it's a huge animal. But nonetheless, God's purpose, it might have been delayed a little bit by Jonah, but it wasn't stopped. And eventually Jonah came back. And what's beautiful about Paul's situation is, as you know, they got shipwrecked on Malta. They went to Malta, and the, the boat was destroyed, but nobody lost their life. And he goes ashore, and there he is. Uh, and what's beautiful is he's probably a pretty big star right now on this boat, right? And what does he do? He's out collecting wood because it's winter to start the fires. He could have been sitting there and being served by everybody. But, you know, he's out collecting wood. And then he comes, and, of course, you know, the snake jumps out of the fire, bites his hand. And the people who were really firmly not going to believe, <laughs> they just had no intention of believing that this man was from God, said, oh, yeah, he's a sinner because now God is finally getting him. And then he shakes off the snake, and he lives. There's no problems whatsoever. And then just a God's little Dairy Queen swirl. You know on the top of the Dairy Queen ice cream? We used to say in marketing it was the Dairy Queen swirl that made things different. Just gave it that little extra touch. And he goes and prays for uh, the main guy on the island, Publius or whatever his name is. He's the governor. And prays for his father-in-law or his father, one or the other. And he gets healed. And then it says, what does it say? All of the sick on the island come and they're all healed. All of them are healed. And it says at the end that they sent us off with all our provisions and everything we needed. You're darn right they did. And so here's this incredible consequence of a bad decision that caused this storm to happen in the life of Paul and in the life of these people, these innocent people, and God said, no, 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 no. I am the God of the storm. I'm the one who controls the storms. And, when, and he proves that by the fact that he brings them through it. It's funny he didn't stop the storm. There was something they had to learn about going through that shipwreck and going through all of that. There was something they all had to learn. And if God would have just stopped the storm, would the miraculous nature of the ship breaking up and everyone getting to shore okay and, and logs showing up for the people who couldn't swim. And I mean, there were all these different miracles going on through this that spoke to everybody on that boat. 
and then being shipwrecked on Malta and having the miracles happen, God knows what he's doing with our storms. And there is purpose in them. There is purpose. We just have to keep believing that. And finally, Joseph's story. I won't preach on it, but Joseph in the Old Testament, you know, he had a purpose in his life. God has a mark on him. And he went through all those decades of struggle and struggle and in prison and being falsely accused. And, and finally, he ends up in Egypt and he's got this huge position in Egypt and he's second only to Pharaoh in Egypt and all his brothers who tried to kill him come looking for food to him. And he says this beautiful thing to them, Genesis 50, 20. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. That's a powerful statement. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. He looked at it. Joseph looked at all he'd been through, everything he had gone through. The years he was in prison, I don't know if he was so happy about it. I don't know he was seeing the glory of God uh, being in prison. But he stayed the course and he kept going. And in the end, he was able to look back and say, the devil meant it for evil. In this case, the devil working through his brothers meant it for evil, but, but it was actually for good that it happened. Everything that's happening to us, you've got to understand, and I know sometimes it doesn't make any sense, makes no sense at all. And the length of the suffering and why it's so intense and why there's no answers, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't change scripture. It doesn't change God's truth that he has a purpose for your life or else we might as well start throwing pieces of the Bible out. But it says in Romans that he has a purpose for you and that he is going to work it out some way, somehow, and you're going to come through the storm. So, Father, we thank you for the wonderful truth of your word, for the truth of the fact that we have purpose. And I pray this morning, Father, that you would remind us, remind us of the fact that you are the God of the storm. And that though it may have fear attached to it, it may have unanswered questions attached to it, it may have doubt attached to it, it may have fear, all kinds of stuff attached to it, but you're still the Lord of the storm. And you have purpose in it, and you will make something out of it. You will make something out of it. You will have beauty for our ashes, Father God, as your word says. And we just reaffirm that trust this morning. We just reaffirm, Father, we're trusting you with our storms. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Liz, can you come and just give a testimony? Liz has this wonderful testimony about a brother that, uh, and talk about waiting a long time and, uh, and having an answer come to it. Thank you, Pastor. I just wanted to share this, and actually the sermon today touched so much on this as well. So my brother is a young man who's, he's got a young family and has been really, for the last couple of years, he struggled to make ends meet, find the right job and make things work. And he, he lives in South Africa and has, he's been trying to figure out where should he go to be able to take his family. And sometimes it gets very, very discouraging. And... Um, and recently, actually, just after many years of this all these struggles, he got an incredible offer to go and work at a, a 
in Mauritius, and it's this beautiful island and where they he could keep his family and they're gonna pretty much pay for everything for him to go. You know, just it just felt like the heavens opened up and it's such a big celebration for it. And so I mean I say this first of all just to celebrate to say Oh my goodness, what a wonderful blessing that is, especially if you knew just how downtrodden he was here mm. after many years. But the biggest thing that came to my mind was just sometimes things take a long time and we can feel so mm. discouraged and we can feel like, you know, as we heard, you know, this is not going to change. I don't know how to change this. I don't even know if people are still praying about this country because it's been going on for too long. And when I look at how long, how many years it took to the moment where things within, and, and when I say fast, I mean within the last one and a half weeks, a colleague called in who knew him from the past and said, you know, there's this opportunity in Mauritius. Do you think you'd be interested? And he said, yes, I would be. He's getting phone calls coming in from Mauritius. They're organizing to say, we'll take your family. They're giving him things he never got. And this has all happened within a week. And I say this because when God opens up the floodgates, mm. God moves. Even if we've been waiting for a long, long time, we might not even see it coming. We might not see anything happening, and mm. all of a sudden, things are happening around us. That's number one. Number two, when that happens, it doesn't just affect you, your life. It starts to mm. affect things start to shift around you, and we don't even know. God meets our needs at the same time. We heard the story of like one song was sent, and he knows exactly what we need. He knows what we need in the right time that that need is met. So mm. we just got to keep trusting that that's happening. The third thing is about prayer. You know, in all these years that I would, you know, watch my brother struggle, there was one thing I knew that maybe he didn't see is there was a lot of prayer that was going on for his life. The number of hours I stood when I listened to another prayer about his children, in particular his life, He's way over in another country, thousands of miles away, and it felt like nobody's even looking at me. But prayer, prayer actually works. Mm. You know, we've got to trust that when we pray for people, when we pray for others, prayer actually works. We see it in the Bible now. We see the word that we heard today. You know, Paul's going along and he prays for people where he was sent. I told you so, but I'm going to pray for you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So it's just, again, that encouragement that prayer actually, when we're praying, we're listening. God is hearing us. Mm. God is hearing our need. And God knows what we need. Our timing might not be his, but we've got to trust that things work out for mm. good. And the last thing that it came to my mind, even as I was praying this sermon today, was, you know, when, when they were told on that boat that, you know, you're all going to live, but, the, you know, the ship is going to get wrecked. The idea that things can happen, you know, things can actually happen that we don't wanna ha want to happen yeah. to us as Christians. Mm. Things that we, don't, that we don't believe. The fact that we're Christians doesn't give us a pass, <laughs> really. <laughs> but it doesn't change God's purpose. It doesn't change who God is because mm. he is God Almighty. In sickness and in health, you know, no matter what form the time begins, it's the same God that's been that's spoken right. to, that, that Paul was referring to. It's the same God that, you know, says, Jonah, you know what? You're going to go into this, this fish and you're going to come back. That same God is the same God, the same God who's God alone, 
who stands, who we stand today. Mm. The same God who's present is with you. The same God who's meeting your need that you brought in here today, that you th- you're probably feeling like, I don't know, I don't know if this is still going to happen. That same God, the same God who calmed the storm, is the same God who's present with you today. And I just say this such more as encouragement that if anything else that we can take with us today, that that same God is here in our very midst. Mm. He's our friend. We heard what a friend he is, right? And, you know, when you listen to all these songs, it's not that he's a, you know, he's our friend when we're standing on the mountaintop or not. Mm. It's especially when we're down, especially when we no longer know, especially when we now think, is anybody else with me? Especially when we're thinking, I don't even know if, 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 if this is going to end, actually. I'm on year two. I'm on year three of this issue. I don't know if this is going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. That same God has our purpose in mind. Mm. His purpose doesn't change because our circumstances don't look good. Mm. It's still the same purpose. And he's saying to see that purpose, it might be that you have to go through the whale or you got to go through the shipwreck or you got to spend three years or four years like my brother did where he was feeling like, I don't know how I'm going to just even make it through all this. When the moment comes that change can come unexpectedly and you might not even see it coming. And it's the same God who's going to um, be serving you. So I just think it's an encouragement uh, mm. to say we're just so blessed that we can be in his presence today. Yeah. So God bless you all. Thank you, Liz. Isn't that great? Janet, you want to say something? Yeah, can you come up to the mic? Turn that Maserati around. So Monday morning, I was in distress about it. And I took a severe pain in my chest, and it was constant. It happened two or three times during my trip from town coming back home. And uh, I thought I was having a heart attack, and so did the driver. So consequently, we called uh, 911, and the police came, and the supervisor came. There were two ambulances came, and uh, the big ambulance that took me on my locker uh, on this and uh, I was there all day we performed a whole lot of tests and they couldn't find anything so about four o'clock I was talking to one of the doctors and I said you know I wonder if I have gallbladder trouble and he said oh you have your gallbladder and I said yes and he said it's too soon to it's too late to send you for a an ultrasound because they're closed. He said, but we'll do better. We'll go down and we'll give you an MRI. So they took me down, they gave me an MRI, and uh, they said showed nothing, no infections or anything. So that was fine and dandy. So I went home, and the next morning, my family doctor calls me, and she said, I understand you're at emergency. And I said, yes. And she said, what did you go for? And I went through the, uh, everything. And 
she said uh, they didn't find anything. And I said, no, no, she said, when they did the MRI, they found a cyst on your ovary. I had no illness, no nothing. And if I'd have had the ultrasound, they wouldn't have seen this. Okay. So if that isn't God at his best, I would say, <laughs> I, I would say it is God at his best. Yeah, it's so funny, isn't it? Like something that's not an issue allows you to discover something that is. Like That just happened this week. Yeah. <laughs> and thank God because, you know, ovarian cancer goes undetected for long periods of time. Mm. And when it becomes painful, it's too late. Too late. Yeah, it's too late. Okay. Thank God you, Janet. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, th you know, sometimes little did Liz's brother know that three years, four years was going to turn into one week of a complete turnaround. Right? God is the God of the situation. And uh, it's really encouraging. Anybody else? Yeah, you gotta hang in. Well, it's time for an offering. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to give back. And uh, we pray, Lord, that um, we pray that we give, Father, with a heart of thankfulness and that, Lord, we give in proportion to your uh, request of us and that, Lord, you multiply it and use it for your good. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>